and welcome to Crying on My Yoga Mat. My name is JD, and this podcast is all about building a community where alongside amazing guests, we have real conversations about the low lows, celebrate the highs, and everything in between. I know what it's like to go through life feeling stuck and powerless to do anything about it. Here, you'll meet yourself where you are and learn tangible tools to help you become who you want to be while honoring the journey. You've gotten this far, so let's keep going together. Take a deep breath. is Pamela Song. Pam is a vocal coach who founded Embrace Vocals from the Little Red Dot in Singapore. In the field of vocal pedagogy, coaching, and performing arts, she found her calling to help people gain a better understanding of their body and how to utilize and maximize their voice through vocal coaching. Centered around a holistic approach of the mind, body, and spirit, she believes that everyone has the right to vocal freedom and should have the chance to develop a healthy relationship with their own voice. Because your voice is not only important to you, but the people that depend on you. Pam's passion is to, in partnership with you, craft an intentional vocal brand that effortlessly communicates your unique vibe that will resonate with your audience. To find out more about Pam, visit her on Instagram at st period p-a-m-s. Pam talks with us about how to find your own voice in the loudness of the world. And she gives us some really amazing tips on how to do that, as well as being your own support system when you don't necessarily have one outside of you. Let's get into this conversation. Hi! Hi! Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for, thanks for being on the podcast. No, thanks for having me. I think I'm, I'm pretty excited to be on your podcast. I'm so excited of what it's going to become. So I can't oh, wait. Yes, I think uh, I think our conversation today will really benefit a lot of people too because you've got some good stuff to talk to us about. So I my so. darling, my darling Pam, what would today Pam like to tell the audience about herself? Ooh, um, I think for me, I'm right now I'm, on, I'm still on a journey to um, kind of find my core beliefs, I think I'm on that journey. And so when I am going through life, I'm a bit more aware about it now. And the people who I want to hang out with, it's, uh, you pick and choose, like, you know, because <laughs> you're at an age and you're like, I really can't give a crap. So <laughs> I think um, <laughs> if I were to describe myself, like, right now, it, it would be anyone's big sister I think because I feel like I'm I'm in that role right now where um things are just not as uh, intense as it used to be uh, and everything that just comes is it's like okay let's kind of like take it in, in a chill pill form <laughs> so that's where I am <laughs> yeah uh, older sisterhood in chill pill form <laughs> yes <laughs> I love that. I think I really, I really relate to that. And I think that's a similar state that I'm getting to. It's, it's fun getting older and really leaning into the, oh, I don't give a crap. I mean, I, I give some, but less and less every single year. And you really want to find those similar people that also don't care. <laughs> 
Exactly. But care about you kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm careful not to put um, me in an echo chamber. Like, kind of like having the same type of people doing the same opinions and stuff like that, or yes people. But also, you kind of want to have the like-mindedness of not giving a crap. And whatever you say, the judgment is not as you know, so intense. <laughs> so that's, that's where it is. It's so <laughs> important. Yeah, exactly. It's so important to not have an echo chamber. Like it's good to have a diversity of people in your life. I think the important like unifier needs to be a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. It needs to be people yep. that are able to sit in the trenches with you and go, okay, let's figure that out. Not just give up and convince you to also give up. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much. Um, I feel like every adult <laughs> should be at the stage where they are like, oh, okay, like I'm literally growing. But I don't know. Sometimes it's just hard to find people who are on this like growth like mindset with you, you know. Uh, and you're like, okay, like how long more <laughs> before you <laughs> you grow up? <laughs> or like you know. Yeah, I think it's just difficult like to be self-aware like sometimes. Well, yeah, and it just takes someone to tell you actually or to give you a nudge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm grateful for people who who are so, like who is uh I I'm surrounded with who gives me that. Yeah. It's so helpful and it's it's great that you yourself have become that person for others because you value it so much. Oh yeah. One thing that uh, we've realized in our household this past kind of year is with growth and self-awareness comes kind of a forced need for a heightened level of empathy. And empathy burnout can come so much faster when you're more self-aware because you really have your eyes opened to, wow, the ocean's literally on fire. Like it was it was so hot in uh, our province recently that a billion sea creatures died. Like there's some stuff going on in the world. And once you're more aware of it, your heart hurts. Yeah. I I think the awareness is just it comes with a price, I feel. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't ever uh, like for a while. I kind of went there and then I was like, OK, maybe I shouldn't know too much maybe I don't want to know and then you kind of shut it off and so I think the the middle ground I think I found a middle ground which is um you know because it's there but you can't control it and so to let go I guess it's the hard part to do and kind of seeing it for what it is but just to know it it serves a purpose of okay then we can do better or it's just the awareness. Yeah, it's not basically asking for a solution. I think it's just, okay, just hear it out. <laughs> like a friend, you know, when they're ranting and stuff like that. So I think that's just basically how I've kind of formulated a, a let go process in my mind. When I know too much or when I feel like, okay, it's not time for them to know. Uh, and I just have to let it ride out so that things will just, yeah, happen and they can learn it from them for themselves. Yeah. That's good. So that's, ooh. 
That's really good. It's, yeah, allowing the the knowledge to come in, understanding what your responsibility is to that knowledge, the reality of the knowledge, and then releasing what you can't do anything about. Yeah, exactly that. So what is your crying on your yoga mat story? My crying on the yoga mat moment. <laughs> okay, okay, my crying on the yoga mat moment. Um. Okay, it's actually, uh, yeah, misfit. We were talking about me being a misfit. Um, this is a really good moment. <laughs> when I was kicked out of my school three times <laughs> because I joined um, a musical and I was going for the rehearsals and I kind of told my teachers, okay, like we call it polytechnics in Singapore. I'm not sure if you have it, but yeah. Uh, it's a tertiary level studies, uh, and I was in um, a graphics design course. So um, I got in that course, and I was quite new to it. It was my first year, um, and I went to, uh, and I got shortlisted for a musical on the side, <laughs> which is nothing to do with school. Uh, and so what happened was that musical was technically. Uh, it's not paid, uh, but it was a, a project that was happening. And I thought like, oh my gosh, this is so good. So uh, I spend a lot of time uh, with that because it's technically work. Like they need you to clock in uh, hours and then you just go and practice. And then you are, um, yeah, you are preparing for a show basically. So I actually um, told my teachers in the poly that I would be, um, skipping the module and then going for the rehearsals, but I would take the module in the next um, block, right, they call it. So little did I know that it has to be in black and white and you have to send it to some office and stuff like that. And uh, they kind of kicked me out, like because it was just not enough uh, kind of attendance that was needed. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, like, this has never happened to me before <laughs> and I kind of need to uh, uh, get in because um, studies is everything in Singapore. Knowing where to go uh, in life, uh, it's all planned out for you and this is what you have to do in life, nine to five jobs. <laughs> That's basically it. Um, and being in a graphics uh, design course, it's already... Um, it's more pushing at the edge already because it's in the arts industry. So yeah, okay. So when I was um, in and out of this course, like I guess, because I got kicked out twice because uh, they gave me a different uh, standard. So once they allow you back in, they give you a higher standard that you have to hold. And if you don't make it, then they'll cut you again. And academic uh, probation. Exactly that. Uh, but they don't, they don't tell you, they expect you to know. <laughs> so there was no email, no nothing. It was just, um, I don't know, in the handbook somewhere. And so I got kicked out three times. And then the third time, the director actually uh, was talking to me and then he said, okay, so we don't know what's happening. How come you have kicked out so many times? <laughs> and so like, <laughs> we are going to give you a, a, a way back in. Um, and then at that moment, I was like, actually, 
maybe I don't want to go back in <laughs> uh, because maybe it's not the place for me and I think my mind is somewhere else. So, um, so I did not take that um, offer and so I was stranded, <laughs> um, not knowing what to do. And so that was my crying on the yoga mat moment where I'm just like, what the hell do I need to do right now? Because I want to sing, but I don't think it's a career choice in Singapore. <laughs> like it's unheard of, nobody does it. Uh, and it's almost not allowed, <laughs> basically in my mind. So um, creativity basically was just a hobby uh, and you have to keep it that way because you have responsibilities and you just need a nine to five job. So yeah, I think that was when I was trying to figure out where I needed to go. Um, and yeah, I went into um, a, an art school basically. So I researched uh, all the schools that I could get into. My parents were pretty, um, they were pretty at their like pulling their hair because they're like, I don't know where to put you. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Okay, if you want to do this, then you go and research of what you need to do to get into whatever school. Because right now, you just need to be in a school. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. So I kind of researched my stuff and I ended up in an art school. So I, the moment I joined, I regretted it. Uh, I regretted it so bad because I realized that I want to sing, but I hate performing. Oh. <laughs> so within the first few months, it just was so clear to me that I really hate performing. And um, that was not how I planned my music school years to be. So I just kind of like bit my, um, yeah, just like held on to it and just like, um, charged forward and kind of made it out half alive. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It was just painful on a whole, like the journey. But I made really awesome friends along the way uh, in, in LaSalle. And uh, yeah, that's the school I, I was in. I will say it proudly that I was from there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think I made it out uh, with what I... Uh, making my own path, I guess. Because I realized that um, in, in that school that I kind of love being in the background, uh, even though I don't like being on the stage. Uh, and in the industry, right, in this industry, everyone's just really loud. Loud in the sense of not voice, but like it's just presence, right? Because everyone's trying to outshine everyone. So really quickly, I was like, oh, I hate that kind of competition. I am not... Uh, a flashy person and I was a really um, an introverted but in a extroverted kind of industry yeah my whole journey and struggle uh, with that was just finding my own voice within this like with within the loudness of it all uh, and how to be okay with being a small voice in that loud industry so yeah that was my crying on the real gamut moment oh oh <laughs> i'm getting so like fired up sitting here i'm like oh my god oh i know ah! full of contradictions it's so cool no it's amazing oh i think it's wonderful 
because I I didn't have the the pressure to go to school. So I have I have also been kicked out of college, but for a lot different reasons than a uh, than you. Uh, <laughs> um, and I. It's it's so interesting to me that like your parents were like as long as it's school you know whatever just do it get her done um, and we'll still support you in that sense and you're like okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> exactly so uh. finding your own voice amidst the noise of others it's not an easy thing doing that how how did you do it <laughs> this is basically um I mean yeah because I kind of made my passion my job so I feel like uh with understanding how to find the voice it's actually built around the main focus of how I actually uh would teach people uh in finding their own voice yeah that's that was my pain point in, in, in life and therefore this came out into um, coaching others uh, that has similar pain points to kind of find their own voice. So how do we do it? <laughs> it's um, it's self-acceptance basically of understanding and kind of exploring your own voice of what you are basically. Um, what makes you tick? What do you like? What do you not like? What do you desire and what do you kind of hate to be in? Um, what kind of situations would you want to put yourself uh, in and how far would you push? So in that sense, to figure out the voice that you have, um, the first thing that I did was to kind of go on a journey of self-acceptance. <laughs> It wasn't easy. It took me a really long time to even figure out that I was on that journey. <laughs> but yeah, finding out that it's okay to kind of be similar with others and different in some aspects. Yeah, so I think for me, clarifying my core beliefs with this, what society wanted uh, me to be basically was the main part where I had to sit down and write everything out. And I totally agree with you <laughs> on your previous uh, podcast on like writing everything down that does not serve you. I did that <laughs> totally. That one it, uh, is a must. Uh, and if you don't, at the back of your head, you'll always be wondering if it is uh, or if it's not. So Actually, uh, we call it a download, like when you download all your thoughts and write it down on a paper. Um, your brain takes time to download what you are actually um, believing subconsciously. And so that to me is really powerful. And that's what um, I kind of try to practice when my head is in a mess in that sense. So to kind of declutter it, uh, I had to do that, uh, knowing what I want to believe in, in that sense, yeah. And um, separating from um, what the world wants you to become. So uh, that was a journey of talking, a lot of self-talk <laughs> to myself of like, okay, do I agree with this or do I not agree with this? Um, I know majority says this, but do I 
agree with that? Do I want to become that way? So yeah, self-talk. I think that's the key. Uh, healthy self-talk. <laughs> and how did you support yourself in stepping into healthy self-talk? Because I know for myself, it's when I do a download and I put all my thoughts out there, there's a lot of negativity and it's hard to find the good. It's hard to like get into that healthy uh, dialogue with myself again. So how did you do that? Yes. Okay. So this one I actually got from um, a coaching course. And I want, I mean, everyone should know this. Like, I feel like they should teach it in primary school <laughs> because I feel everyone is a wreck in their adult stage because they do not have this <laughs> basic um, coping mechanism that we have. So uh, this is going to be really helpful, okay? So what I actually write down is um, circumstance, like what your circumstance is. So uh, she said this, right? That's a circumstance. She said that um, I was fat, basically. Uh, or Yeah, so that's your circumstance. Now, your thoughts about that circulating, uh, she said that I was fat, could be, uh, if we if we give an example of um, unhealthy would be yes I think I am and I don't look good in it uh, she is in me <laughs> she is in me I'm saying that I'm fat right that's my circumstance okay so the thoughts of it would be I am overweight okay feelings would be I feel ugly because I look this way. And then actions would be, what, are, what actions am I taking? I am sad. <laughs> I am depressed and I do not want to get out of bed. Um, an outcome is there is no outcome because I am in bed. <laughs> so my self-talk out from this thought is what it, do I want my outcome to be? Basically, I start from there. So my results, uh, I, I want to not think about that, my result would be, I wanna feel good about myself every time when I wake up and look in the mirror. And so what are the actions that I need to take? So I work backwards. Um, I need to look at myself in the mirror and find three good things about myself every time I think one bad thing. And then feelings about that. How would I feel when I say those things to myself? I feel powerful. I feel um, gumption. Mm. <laughs> I feel excited for starting my day with this new me. And then the thoughts that are surrounding it is just this empowered person can do anything. <laughs> and then the circumstance is this girl is empowered. <laughs> This so, <laughs> girl is empowered. <laughs> exactly. This girl is on fire. But yes, so that's where I work backwards. And then there's the self-talk. It's so easy. Uh, it doesn't take long. It's five steps. You don't need to think about anything else. Uh, and it's become such a, a useful tool with any sudden emotion uh, outburst that I have with myself. Uh, or something that bugs me and rubs me the wrong way, uh, that just basically is my 
yeah, self-help to-do list, five checklists, you tick, 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 and then work backwards. So yeah, it's a self-help model. It sounds like that method helps you to kind of remove yourself a little bit and then analyze and then be able to like go back in with the with what you want surrounding you. Yeah, it brings a rational part of you because sometimes we take emotional to another level and we feel comfortable with being confused <laughs> with being angry <laughs> with being you know so focused on that emotion and you feel like you need to feed it oh I tell you it's just round and round and it'll never go away if you let it right it's uh which which wolf do you feed basically yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's so hard because it's so familiar and for a lot of us like like I've said before on the show it's it's literally encoded in us kind of thing like I had a conversation with my dad the other day and he was like yeah I mean I'm I'm a bit quicker to anger and to yell than I care to be and my mom's like that too and I came home to my partner I'm like so (laughs) sorry about it working on it working on it (laughs) But there is, but it's great that you have that humor though. Like that humor is the key (laughs) to kind of bring you through every fumbling (laughs) blocks in life (laughs) where you're just like stumbling everywhere. Uh, You need that humor. I think (laughs) that's something that I I grew uh, to kind of learn not to take yourself too seriously. Uh, and mistakes happen. It's fine. Humor you and just grace. Need to allow it. Yes, humor yes, and grace, grace go so hand in hand. Exactly. And one thing I realized is that um, the the fact that sometimes we get so involved in like an emotion is probably because we don't want to really address it, and we don't want to allow that feeling because we kind of fear of what it might do to us. But then the the only solution to that is just to allow it and see what happens. And then telling yourself that whatever it is, it can't kill me, basically, because I'm still here and breathing. Uh, yeah, and that's like basically the fear that, uh, the irrational fear that we all have, which is avoidance of allowing that emotion. And I felt like when I heard that, I was like, that's so empowering because, yeah, it's true. Like, I tend to overeat. <laughs> I tend to, you know, try to feed my feelings because I'm bored, basically. Mm-hmm. But what if you allow yourself to be bored? Then what? <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm hungry, but so what? Let me drink water. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you find other solutions rather than, you know, feeding something that is bad. So, yeah, it's a practice, really. Yeah. I want to uh, go back a little bit in your story because I think it could be could be really useful for a lot of people listening to this. You kind of broke the mold a bit. You stepped outside of what you were saying your cultural and familial norms were. I'm kind of assuming that you felt less support than you would have liked during that time. Ooh. Yes, uh, I think, okay, support come in in many different forms, yes. I guess. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's also really close to kind of like our love language also. So I, I didn't realize this, but um, even though my parents, like they, 
they, in their own way, they were really supportive. I think they were thinking like, oh, you know, like this is how I can support and that's it. But what I really was lacking was um, someone to be kind of real to me mm. in that sense. So it's not everything is okay, but it's more like if we have issues, we need to talk about it. <laughs> Because I, I'm not sure if it's a generation thing, but yeah, that's how I kind of like to deal with things. So um, I think with this situation, uh, it was, I could smell fear <laughs> of uh, <laughs> from them uh, about like, I, I would be on the street begging for money <laughs> or something like a struggling <laughs> artist, right? <laughs> but uh <laughs> At one point, they convinced me too. So, you know, uh, I have another paper that I could fall back on because they were like, no, I think you need another paper, you know, if music doesn't turn out well for you. <laughs> so, I mean, for me as like a people pleaser, I guess, like it was just like, okay, I'll spend, uh, you know, um, a few years kind of doing that paper too, just to, you know, kind of keep you... Uh, feeling sane, <laughs> my parents, uh, and kind of giving them the, okay, like, I've done that, now let me do mine. So I was, I, I nearly got into HR. <laughs> That's how extreme it was. Uh, and the moment I kind of, like, applied for it, I knew that it was just such, I was betraying myself, basically. And I broke out in fever. <laughs> Literally. And it was... Literally. And it was just, okay, I kind of know that I betrayed myself. And I just, that was a crying on the yoga mat too. <laughs> that was a moment too. Uh, I, I kind of betrayed myself because I, I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this won't work. And, and they kind of convinced me that, yeah, maybe it won't work. So um, the pressures of, I mean, I was just talking about it to my boyfriend uh, and that the pressures in Singapore is just so heavy sometimes uh, and he feels like there is needing to be a, a catch-up game before the government gives you a curveball you know and he was telling me about this that it's the only thing he worries about is that once he's fine in his job he's just thinking, okay, what do I need to be uh, on top of so that if next year there is an issue that comes up, we can actually afford that. Ryan does you know? the same thing. He pays really close attention to uh, money and the news in case there's a recession, in case he needs to take care of us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real. It's real. He shared that with me. It doesn't even cross my mind. No, not at all. And not at all. And I think it's just like a, a responsibility that they have. And I feel like it's it's good, but also it's really kind of putting burden uh, on them, which is, for me, I feel like I said to him it was unnecessary, but it is because you are living in this reality. So I think... The reality, we, we can't be delusional thinking that, oh, you know, everything will go well, even if you break the mold. The thing is, the mold is the way that people has done it and it has been proven. And therefore, it is an easier way because you have seen it 
prove itself again and again. But the thing that when you break away from that mold, it's a path that you actually need to figure out on your own because you don't know where it's going. You don't know what the results are. There's no statistics. <laughs> you are the, the first one. Um, in, in my industry, I'm not the first one. Uh, I'm one of many, but we are still uh, a really small group that is trying. And we are still the kind of the first group that kind of is going like, okay, where will it take us? How can we better ourselves uh, and be as professional <laughs> as, you know, <laughs> the, the others? Because in that sense, when uh, with, my, with my friends or family, they would, ask like oh okay so you're doing music oh, okay so when are you <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> but you know they don't consider what I do for a living a real job so I think that's the, the thing that kind of bugs me it's like what is it to you <laughs> that you know you need me to get a real job <laughs> it's my life you know, and I feel like uh, my friends in the same industry has been sharing with me that, you know, year after year when you get together with friends, uh, those people who are in a in a, a nine to five job, uh, they would ask, oh, you know, so you're still doing this, I uh, still can survive, uh. <laughs> and you know, it's it's like it's to a certain extent, it's like they don't, we we forgive them. <laughs> because they don't know what they're missing out on, <laughs> and to a certain extent, I feel. I feel like, you know, sad for them. Like, oh, me, you know, this this freedom that you have and mixed with passion, mixed with, you know, the things that means something to you to the core. Like, that's not something that anyone can, like many can say that, oh, yeah, we are doing this. You know, and money-wise, honestly, we don't go by per hour. That's it. <laughs> we go by whatever that, you know, has value, you know. And I mean, some of my friends earn more than, you know, a nine to five job, but they're not going to brag it out. It's just something that is not said, but it's something that is looked down upon just because it's not stable. <laughs> right. So the hustle comes with a price, a passion, right. Uh, but it's also because we love that and we enjoy what we do. It's Is it a job? Mm. You know? Yeah, the pressure is something that um, you will always have to kind of resist in that sense. Um, and I think I went on that journey of, of giving in to that and then turned just out that, uh, you know, my body knows that I'm just like rejecting every bone in my body is, was rejecting it that... Um, the calling is not in that direction. Yeah. So in what ways were you able to support yourself when you were met with accidental non-support from others? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think I was doing really well, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> that's that's good to be honest about that. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Let's, I mean, because... In that sense, you, you won't have that support that you want. Um, okay, I do have very close friends, uh, a few friends that really told me like, hey, you know what? The line that you are in kind of inspire me. And so, you know, let's band together. Like, 
you you form a different kind of bond in that sense because you are the rebels of society uh, and you are fine with it because it's you don't you don't have to have that kind of lifestyle in order to be happy like let's be real you know uh, if you want that Prada bag, then yeah, okay, you you gotta work for it. But like, in aspects to to um, what the luxuries of life is, uh, it's different to each uh, and everybody's uh, individual um, kind of experience and wants, right, and desire. So when we actually think about happiness and think about um, what we are satisfied with, I think. Uh, with support wise I felt like I had enough people that supported me um, but the ones that mattered the most I felt a lack of it it was a quiet battle uh, this is something that you don't say, you don't bring up because it will hurt the other party <laughs> that's the irony of it it hurts um, and they're probably doing their best. That, that's what I realized, <laughs> uh, sadly. And so I think if you were to want support, the best thing that you can do for yourself, uh, but it's risky, is it would be to be honest about it, to have a conversation about it, and to kind of understand what you need. Uh, articulate it, and then express your want from that other person. But if the other person rejects it, it's okay. I think it's fine. You just need to breathe and kind of, okay, so I can't have it. What do I need to do to get there, you know, for myself, basically? Um, yeah, I think that was something that I did not do for myself. I just kind of, yeah, went into a spiral, basically. And that got me into a real, um, that activated my hypothyroid. <laughs> yeah, so, which put me into uh, even a, a deeper hole because it affects mood, it affects uh, hormones and, and stuff like that. So, and I gained so much weight <laughs> that uh, I didn't even recognize myself anymore. And the fact that the hormones played a part in how I felt uh, just made me not want to do anything but sit in bed, you know? And so I think address, uh, like kind of catching yourself with like, ooh, that is really not me and I do not recognize myself anymore is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself to get out of that situation. Um, go do a full body checkup <laughs> first. <laughs> Don't care if it's emotional or not. A full body checkup, if you haven't done it in a while, is so important. And that's what my friend, uh, my friend, I, okay, this is a really cute story because my friend's uh, birthday, I asked her, hey, what do you want to do on a, your birthday? She said, uh, Let, let's go to have a staycation, uh, right, somewhere. But, I don't want to be in a hotel. I want to be in a capsule hotel. <laughs> I was like, okay. oh, okay. <laughs> it was really cute capsule hotel. Uh, so there's this novelty thing now, right? Where they kind of like boutiqueify the, the capsule hotel and it comes becomes like a B&B, &B, right? 
right? Uh, so we did that. And then she's like, but also, can we do a full body checkup? <laughs> so that's what we did on birthday. We did a full body checkup. And that's when I found out that I had my hypothyroidism. And so she kind of saved my life. Wow. Yeah, because at that point of time, I was just not not sleeping at all. Uh, I was taking meds to kind of force myself to sleep. Um, and I was just in a very bad state. And so she kind of brought that out to life. So if anything, just do a full body checkup. And there's no regrets with that. <laughs> at least you'll have something to kind of compare with in the future, you know. Uh, it's related, so related to how your body is. And that's when I realized that your body actually is speaking to you um, with signs, you know, with, okay, I'm not feeling well with this area. Please check me out. Uh, and also it's a direct line to your, to what you're thinking. So that is something to, um, yeah, address basically with that. So that full body checkup was kind of the, I guess, a bit of a wake up call. And then what was your first step out of that hole? Okay, so my first step is to, okay, what they said to me was that I had a cholesterol uh, of a 40 year old man. <laughs> and that my first step, <laughs> okay, get this, okay, before, before I even went to the checkup, uh, I thought that I was gaining weight because I was just eating too, mu too much. Uh, but what I was doing was um, insanity workout. If you ever heard of insanity workout, it's a 45 minute workout every single day. You just do hit workout basically, uh, but for I did it for uh, four months. For four and months, <laughs> and what happened okay. was that I gained weight because I if your hormones are of out of whack, you should not work out for longer than a half an hour at a time. So you were doing the exact opposite of what your body needed. <sighs> exactly, and also on top of that, I was eating really healthy food like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, uh, salmon avocado, and what else? Edamame beans, which is soybeans. Uh, and check this, hypothyroidism is aggravated by soy, <laughs> by goycogen, which is in broccoli, and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and I was doing everything wrong. <laughs> it was literally like, oh, I don't know. You have to get your body checked out. Like, you have seriously. To. <laughs> you have to. You just don't know what your body needs, you know? Sometimes it's just not uh, about you being lazy, really. Like, I know the world keeps telling people, like, oh, you just need to get up from your butt and then just do it every day. The thing is, it's not a one size fits all. Let's be clear, okay? Everybody's body is so different. The way we eat is also so different. Um, the only advice that I took was I mean I had was like my mom you know telling me like hey you got to eat healthy you got to do this and you got to do that um, but the thing is sometimes <laughs> the people that has the best for you like they might not know what's best for you so you know what's best for you you need to take control of that that wheel <laughs> drive yourself to the hospital go get your body checked out <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that, that was my, my, my first step was actually to kind of get my diet right um, and 
just kind of be okay with myself eating. Because after that, <laughs> I had a real issue with food. Um, and it was bad because I, I kind of held back for a really long while uh, with food. And so I think every time when the subject came out uh, with friends, uh, it was really hard to meet them. Uh, because food is involved. <laughs> In Singapore, that's all we do, food. We base our life around food. What do we want to do when we go out? We eat food. We don't do, uh, you know. So I think that was the hardest part, um, to isolate myself from friends, you know. So I think what I did was allowed myself to slowly go back uh, into society, basically. <laughs> because I was in, in, I was locked up in my room. Uh, and the only thing that actually got me up out of bed was my work. And work was just so important because uh, I had to put a good front for my, my students because they actually relied on me. And I loved, uh, and I was so appreciative uh, for them being there for me because um, in, in a sense, they don't know that that was happening, but uh, they were my joy yeah, and passion to actually get out of bed. So I think finding something that gets you out of bed, uh, it doesn't have to be work, <laughs> uh, would really um, help you kind of get you out of bed, out of your room uh, and allow yourself that permission to experience uncomfortable um, feelings like emotions you know allow it allowing emotions yeah allow Yay. allow your emotions but don't get stuck there yeah just keep moving forward like what really what serves you and what doesn't you you gotta be your own judge on that yeah okay well amazing well thank you so much for this conversation where can we find you on social media how can we support you how can we learn from you you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's at st.pams. Uh, and I'll reach you on wherever you see on Linktree, I guess, Linktr. Uh, yeah, and so you can reach me there. Awesome. <laughs> but yes, give a shout out. Give a shout out to, to like, you got it from the podcast. <laughs> Oh, yes. Ooh, yeah. so if you listen to this episode and you found Pam through the podcast, tell her that. <gasps> yes. Oh, oh who knows? Freebies. Oh, <laughs> bitch. Oh. Yes. Guys, don't steal my voice teacher away from me. She can go around. She, <laughs> we can share her. <laughs> there is, there. yes, yes. But yes, please. Like, you know, I, I think it's just a... I think it's a really important journey not to be alone too uh, when, when you are finding yourself, uh, your voice basically, your self-confidence uh, and self-acceptance. I think that's basically what uh, everybody kind of goes through, but you don't have to do it alone. And that's what people don't know. <laughs> you don't have to go through it alone. Have a guidance, have, you know, an easy kind of, uh, I'll just sit back, relax and decide while you give me a, like, okay, what do I need to do? <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Find me on Instagram. <laughs> this was so good. Thank you. Thank you again. And I'm very excited for the next time we talk. Yay. Me too. Me too.
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at crying on my yoga mat so I can see what you're learning and loving about the show. Until next time.